Have you ever had to utter the phrase, it's not you, it's me? Right. <laughs> right. Sometimes it's the patient who mm-hmm. decides it's time for me to move on yeah. from this person because mm-hmm. I don't feel like this person is helping me as much as they should be. Mm-hmm. And I've cited my example many times where I had to do that. And thank God I did because I got out from under what I think was an unhealthy situation yeah, that was with very the therapist. Unhealthy, yeah. And I got into the best possible situation. And yeah. the woman who fixed me and eventually had to say to me, it's not you, it's me, get the hell out of here. <laughs> All right, everybody, time to assume your positions on the couch. Coping on the couch with Courtney and Brian. Courtney Kelly is a mental health therapist. I, Brian Mulhern, a longtime patient. And there's some changes in the wind here, Courtney. Mm -hmm. For you, that would be. Yes. And I thought maybe this might be a good jumping off point for a topic. You work somewhere as a therapist. Mm -hmm. It's with a group of other therapists. How would you describe it exactly? Yeah, I work at the Providence Center. It's actually a community mental health center. There's all different departments, and I've worked in three different departments. I've been there almost 15 years. I'm wondering if I'll get something cool <laughs> for my 15 years, Brian, like a pen or like a little pencil sharpener. I would say I'm not liking your chances because you're on your way out. You've decided to leave. Now, yes. I thought that was interesting because I thought, oh, man, this is going to be fraught with problems for mm-hmm. somebody like you because as a patient, I have been in a position where somebody who I trust mm-hmm. and who has has been very valuable in my life to help me from a therapy perspective has had to say to me at one time or another, hey, I'm not taking your insurance anymore Mm -hmm. or hey, I'm moving away. And right away, you're somebody who's in there because you are dealing with some mental health issues and immediately you go into a panic and you're like, oh no. And if you have that kind of a client or a patient, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that must be very difficult for you. And I'm sure you get very upset and worried and depressed about it yourself because you've established some pretty long-term relationships Mm -hmm. with these people. First of all, how do you handle something like that? And secondly, I was wondering what kind of advice you could give to patients and clients Mm -hmm. who are undergoing something like this. Yeah, well, it is. It can be very difficult for both sides. I've been there a long time and it was a really difficult decision to think about. I think I need to just move on and try something new. I'm going to be doing some work on a clinical study that's happening. And I may even consider doing some private practice too. So that's going to be another piece. But for right now, leaving there was a big decision. Not everybody has this luxury, but I was able to give a really long notice Mm -hmm. so that I was able to prepare my clients and let them know that I was leaving and we could work on things that they need to work on. I could make sure that they have the next therapist. I can tell them about the therapist. Sometimes we can do like a warm handoff, we call it, where we introduce them to the new therapist. Or some people were meeting with the therapist while I'm still there and then meeting with me again and telling me about their experience. So I was trying to give them a corrective experience because a lot of folks that we work with have a lot of issues like from trauma and abandonment. And you want to make sure that, of course, we know in life things happen. Change is definitely a constant. But if we can handle it in a good way, we can help them have a better experience with that. And also they can grow from that, too. It's hard on both sides. I've had tears in my eyes. I've gotten upset. I've had a hard time with this as well. And I've had some clients who have given me the business about me leaving. (laughs) But the thing of it is, at the end of the day, the most important thing is honoring the client and making sure that they're okay as well as they can be getting through all of this and providing those supports and that continuation. 
but it can be very challenging. And the thing I can say, because I've had a front row seat to this, we're close personally and we work together every day. Mm-hmm. I've seen how this has eaten at you. There was some buildup. Yeah. You were getting some anxiety yourself. You were having mm-hmm. some of the issues that I think a lot of your patients have had. This has not been easy on you at right. all. There's a lot of things that are going on just in general in mental health right now, not having enough staff. There's mm-hmm. issues with getting med providers, stuff like that. So my clients have had to deal with a lot of stuff and I'm really trying to tie up all the loose ends, but you can't do everything, right? So sometimes my personality, I like to make sure everything's all set. Not everything's going to be 100% all set, but we're going to make sure to do the best that we can. But I know during this time, I've been leaning on my supervisor to talk. And that's what we do. As therapists, people often say, oh, I don't want to bring you certain topics or I don't want to weigh you down. And the thing is, no, bring in your topics. Talk to us about what you need to talk to us about. And know that we also have our own support. We have supervisors who we can go to and say, hey, I need to debrief. I need to talk about this. I need another perspective on something. And so I'm doing that through this process as well. I gave about a two-month notice, which is really long. I'll say. (laughs) I was able to take my time in telling people, and now I'm about down to another two weeks before I leave, and everyone's in a pretty good place. And I also, like I said, I've had multiple supervisions with my supervisor, so I'm in a good place too. I can say I can relate to the whole abandonment thing. We've Mm -hmm. talked about my romantic relationship issues. I'm currently also on my second podcast host and like my seventh Cat Country (laughs) 98.1 morning show co-host. So he gets a little nervous when you talk about leaving. So if you're planning on leaving here, you better really (laughs) ramp up for that. I'm going to have to bring in a whole staff with me to process with Brian. And I'm going to have a holster with two guilt guns in it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because he knows guilt works really well. (laughs) Like extremely well. That must be especially difficult, though. You did mention that you have clients, patients who have dealt with abandonment. Mm -hmm. I imagine you have to take some extra time with them. Maybe that's why you needed to give the two months notice. Well, when we talk about this, we talk about termination. We've talked about this before. When you got into counseling, you knew ultimately you're not going to be there forever. You're going to learn what you need to learn. You're going to change some behaviors are going to move on. But you make these really important relationships with your therapist. You get really close in that way of like you're working on these problems and you're opening up and disclosing a lot of things. So it's a unique relationship. You're not friends or family, but you feel like this closeness. And so it is hard when you're terminating, no matter what it is. We try to talk to people about that during the process of counseling, because eventually if we do our jobs well, a lot of people will be able to leave therapy. There are some people who like you said, have such deep abandonment issues or deep issues that they have chronic issues that they need to have that constant support. So they may stay in for quite a while, but it's something to be mindful of. There's times when we need to take breaks. Sometimes clients will want to just take the break, but it's still hard for them to move away from it. And sometimes we need to take some pauses where maybe the therapist leaves for a little while and it's like, oh no, what's happening here? And we need to make sure that there's supports in place for that. But it is difficult. We're therapists we're human. So even though we want to do the best, like if we're going to leave or if the insurance changes or something like that, and we don't want it to be abrupt, we want to be able to work on it. But sometimes if there's an insurance issue or something else, it can be abrupt and that can be really difficult. And oh my gosh, trying to make sure that you have supports around you and you have this plan to continue. You did say that ideally at some point it's supposed to come to an end. That Mm -hmm. is, if I do my job as a patient and you do your job as a therapist, I'm wondering, a little sidecar note here, Mm -hmm. have you ever been in a position where you've had to say to somebody, look, I think I've helped you as much as I possibly can, but they still don't want to go? And if so... (laughs) 
Do you have to kind of nudge that person out the door? It is hard because after a while, when you notice that the therapy is getting very diluted, I've been with some people a long time, but they're still working on things Mm -hmm. or they're in that state of needing that support so that it can help them to stay stable in their life. But we do have some times where you're just meeting and it's a pleasant conversation, (laughs) but you're not really doing any work and you're saying, okay, let's go back to your coping or what do you need help with? Or you're delving, you're asking questions. When you get to a point where the progress is stalled, where you really feel like you're in a good place, you can take that break now. And maybe what you can do is in six months, let's have a session. And that can be a thing too of saying, okay, in a few months, let's meet up and see how you are doing. If you're still doing really well, then you don't need the therapy. Maybe something else comes up and you need to get back into therapy. But yes, it is difficult. I have had clients who were like, no, this is a relationship that I want to keep. And it can be hard to navigate because I'm a people pleaser. So sometimes I've had to go for supervision and say, listen, how can I reinforce this and be a little bit more firm that this is in their best interest that they are ready to go? Have you ever had to utter the phrase, it's not you, it's me? Right. Right, Do you pull out all of those tricks from romantic relationships? Right. We've also discussed this in the past where sometimes it's the patient who Mm -hmm. decides it's time for me to move on from this person because Mm -hmm. I don't feel like this person is helping me as much as they should be. Mm -hmm. And I've cited my example many times where I had to do that. And thank God I did because I got out from under what I think was an unhealthy situation with the therapist. (laughs) And I got into the best possible situation. And the woman who fixed me and eventually had to say to me, it's not you, it's me, get the hell out of here. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm wondering... When that happens, Courtney, Mm. when that client of yours comes to you and says, I don't think you're helping me and I think I need to move on. Right. What does that feel like for you? In some ways, are you professionally pleased Mm -hmm. because you're like, all right, well, this patient has an awareness of this and that's a step in the right direction. Or are you wounded because you're taking it personally? Well, it's hurtful. If you feel like you're not helping someone, I've had clients who I thought I wasn't helping and I would just call it. I'm saying, listen, this is really hard to say, but I feel like I'm not the best one to help you. I feel like we're hitting a lot of barriers and brick walls. And sometimes the interesting thing is they have another perspective Oh, no, you really are helping me. (laughs) I'm like, really? Am I? (laughs) So that's been tricky. But there have been times when the rapport, it just wasn't working. And that happens sometimes. We're Again, we're human. We have different personalities, different outlooks. Sometimes my energy can be really high and I have to kind of bring that down with some clients because I don't want to scare them off of like, oh, here she comes. She comes on a little strong because I come in hot sometimes, you know. Oh, I know. (laughs) Believe you me, I walk in here at five in the morning. She shot out of a cannon. I tune it way down for you, Brian. I That's so tuned down. So I'm like, hi, good morning. Instead of like, hey, because I know I'm going to scare you right the heck back out the door in your car and going home. I'm, I'm walking myself. down the hall saying, it is you. It's not me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'd hear as I see his back flying through the door. It can be very hard. And you know what is hard, too, I have to say? A lot of times clients don't want to say goodbye. And we learned about this in graduate school. They would say, listen, if you're getting ready to leave or if they have to change from you or if they have to leave counseling or whatever, sometimes they won't show up for their last session. And I said, what? Why wouldn't they do that? They would want the closure, you would think. And I remember the teacher saying, well, sometimes they don't want to say goodbye. They have a hard time with that. So they may just kind of leave you. <laughs> or just exit. The Irish I'll goodbye. See you later. Yeah. Irish leave. So I thought this was very interesting. But when it does happen, then we do have clients who drop out of treatment. They get distracted with other things. They don't make their appointments, stuff like that. 
like that. Especially with people who you really are thinking you're making a lot of progress with, it leaves you with this feeling of, what did I do? Did I upset them? And a lot of times it is their perspective on things. They don't want to say goodbye. They just want to leave it and move on to something else. So in those cases as well, we use our supervision because that can be hurtful. Just like you said, if somebody comes to you and says, you're not the right therapist for me, if you stop in treatment, sometimes we get a little upset too. (laughs) It's funny because I'm the exact opposite. I go to the last appointment. I try to make it as awkward as possible. I just break into (laughs) acapella boys to men. How do I say goodbye to therapy? At that point, the therapist says, I don't know, maybe he is nuts. Maybe I should hang on to him. (laughs) Maybe my work is not done here. (laughs) But it is. It's hard though. I've had to kind of keep a lookout for that right now. There was a couple of clients I had to get back into the fold because they were with me a long time. They've had a hard time with me leaving. And I'm making the calls right now to a couple of the people that I'm not seeing on my list for the last couple of weeks. And I'm saying, okay, let me just check in with them and make sure if they want to say bye to me over the phone or if they want to come in to see me, let me give them some options. Then if they're cool with it and our last session maybe already happened last week or the week before, unbeknownst to me, (laughs) then that's okay. I respect that. I just want to make sure that everybody gets what they need. And I did have someone say, wow, I got distracted with all these things and I thought maybe you left already. So I'm really glad you're still here and you called me so I can come in and see you one last time. But it is hard. I guess my point is that it can be tricky on both sides of it. And we really care about our clients and we want to end things the right way. And sometimes it can't always be done ideally, but I think we try our best. You're saying it's tricky. Do you want me to bust into some run DMC? (laughs) We're full of songs today. I'll tell you what, I haven't been in a position very often where I have had to leave a therapist or had a therapist leave me. I've had some insurance issues, things like that. But I will say where I can really relate to this, and you had mentioned this kind of in the therapy world, really in the medical world in general lately, Mm -hmm. it's just chaos out there. I went through a five-year stretch where I had four different primary care physicians. Oh, yeah. And every single time that one of them left, Mm -hmm. I was just like, oh, my God, because you feel like you have to start all over Mm -hmm. again. It's like going on a first date. And when you're dealing with mental health issues, that can be very traumatic for somebody. And not only that, if you're on your third or fourth therapist, Mm -hmm. then some of the sessions I imagine must turn into this because with one of my last primary care physicians, I would start with, are you moving? (laughs) Are you staying here? Are you sure that you are? Please tell me that you're not going anywhere. Because you do, you start to get paranoid, which only probably exacerbates pre-existing problems. Mm -hmm. And that's a great point. The thing of it is, is I've had so many clients say to me, no, you're not leaving. Now I have to tell my story over and over again. And I say, I understand that. I say, but here's the thing. I'm going to do my best to connect you with someone who you will have a good fit with. Also, let's look at this. Let's reframe it. Let's look at it a little differently. You learn a lot from one person, but then someone else may be able to take you to your next level. They may look at things in a different way. You can learn something new from each other. Trying to keep an open mind is what I've been talking to people about, but also validating that and saying, yeah, it is tough to have to tell your story again. And I've been specific with some people. They say, listen, I don't want to talk about such and such because it's very triggering and it brings me in a negative place. So I talk to their new therapist and I say, listen, 
Here's the thing. They want to go slow. Of course, building a rapport, it takes a while. I tell clients it's going to take you a few sessions to feel comfortable. If you really have an issue, we can definitely change you to someone else. But let's give it a try. Let's give it a shot for a few sessions, see how it feels, and let them know what you don't want to go into and where you are. And I will do my best with their permission. I will tell them, okay, this is what we've been working on and this is where we're at. So I can help them with a jumping off point. But it is really important to have that continuation, but also to validate that. It is very difficult. And I know you would be very diligent and thorough when Mm -hmm. you're passing somebody on to somebody else. You would do a really good job of filling in the next therapist as to what has been going on for low those many years. Mm -hmm. However, I imagine that you've been in the other position where another therapist is Mm -hmm. passing somebody on to you. Have you ever run into a situation where maybe that therapist wasn't as thorough as you would have liked for that person to be? (laughs) And how difficult does that make your job with this new person coming in? And how frustrated is that person? Right. That is why I try to go the extra mile because I have had it the other way. And truth be told, when you're working in a situation where you have to give a two weeks notice And you aren't going to probably have enough time to be able to go through every single person Mm -hmm. and give them that warm handoff to another therapist. So, yes, as therapists, it's our job to read all the assessments, to read some of the notes and get a good feel of things. And I will fill in the client and say, listen, here's where I'm at. This is what I'm looking at that you guys are working on. What do you want to tell me about your therapy experience? What do you like? What do you hate when therapists do? (laughs) What do you not like so much? I try to get them really comfortable with that because it's not always possible to have that warm handoff. It is so appreciated when we can, but ideally, sometimes you can't. Sometimes it is abrupt. That can be really difficult. But I also remind clients, going back to what you were saying about it's difficult to transition to someone else, I also say, remember when you first started working with me? I'm sure you weren't just jumping for joy on that first session and being like, oh, I'm so comfortable with her. I mean, I hope they are. (laughs) I'm sure a lot of them are. I'm sure they are. But didn't it take you a while to get comfortable with me and say, okay, can I trust her with certain information? And they say, yeah, it takes a few sessions. I say, and now we have a great rapport. So remember that going in to the next time that, you know what, it's going to feel awkward and uncomfortable at first, but that you will get there. It's going to start feeling better. And before you know it, you're going to get used to that person just like you're used to me. When you bring in that new patient and you ask that question, mm-hmm. what do you hate about therapy? I know mm-hmm. what my answer would be, paying you. How do you handle that? <laughs> We cut down on the money. <laughs> I'm paying you. Have you ever received that answer? Or is this a first? Say, Should we barter? No. <laughs> Do yes, you like I, pepperoni? I have never received that answer, but I will be on the lookout for it. <laughs> Just trying to have you prepared for anything here, Courtney. Um, but yeah, I've had various answers to that. I'm always cued in to say, what is it? Or they will say, I don't want to have somebody tell me I have to talk about certain things. And I say, no, we're not in the business to want to re-traumatize people. So if there's certain subjects you don't want to go toward, yeah, there's sometimes I'll say, listen, it seems that this is something you get stuck on a lot. So maybe consider in the future that we can talk about it more in depth if you feel comfortable with that. Yes, it's my job to point out certain areas that it may be beneficial to do some exploring, but it's not for me to say every single session, and that's what some people complained about. This therapist, every single session, they'd ask the same questions and I keep telling them, I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) I say, okay, so what is it you don't want to talk about? I'm going to highlight it. And the question is, when are you going to pay me? (laughs) I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) And you know, it went round and round, Brian. I don't know why. They just can never get to a place with it. (laughs) Now, we had discussed insurance changing and Mm -hmm. that being a problem. You no longer accept this form of insurance. And since I have run into this and I know how you are, I'm sure you've 
operated in this way. Sometimes I'm really reluctant to leave because it's going so well. Mm -hmm. So what the therapist will say to me is, well, maybe we can figure something out. Maybe instead of you coming every other week, maybe you can come once a month. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can finagle something in this way to try to make it a little bit easier for you. Is that something that you tend to do? Yeah, there are times when sometimes I will say, okay, I can see them for half an hour and bill for a half an hour, but yet I will give them a little extra time. I'll put them at a certain time in my day where I can give them a little bit extra. Or there's times like that where I'll say, okay, maybe we can cut down to once every three weeks or once a month. We try to work with people where they are. I have had clients who there's only one insurance that will not take LMHCs, and that's my license. It's Medicare, interestingly enough, Mm -hmm. and there's a whole thing with that. But I do have some clients that had Medicare, and then they had Medicare only, so they didn't have Medicaid. And so it would reject me, and I tried to switch them over to someone else. But because we had such a good rapport, they were like, no, I want to stay with you, and I'll be a cash pay. And that's the kind of situation where I'd say, okay, I'll see you for half an hour. You pay the half an hour, but I'll give you a little extra time just for me because I feel like you would benefit from that. And I don't want people to pay all these high prices and stuff like that where they have an insurance issue. But yeah, definitely trying to work with people around that, but also to encourage them. Don't let that hold you back. If you need more therapy, you can get it through your insurance through someone else. It may behoove you to do that because you'll be able to get more. But if you just need that once a month check-in, then that could work. Okay, two things. One thing I'm wondering is, I don't know how other therapists would feel about this, but what if I said to you, I'm going to go to this therapist who Mm -hmm. takes my insurance for three weeks, and then I'm going to come to you for one week and pay you cash. Do other therapists not like that? Do they not like there being too many cooks in the kitchen? Are they amenable to that or no? Well, there have been times when I would see someone primarily, and I would refer them out to someone else who is more of a specialist in a particular area. That's another time when you might lose a therapist too, because say you come in and you present with anxiety and depression. We're working on that, but maybe then a substance abuse issue comes up, or maybe there's an issue with eating disorders, something that is maybe out of someone's realm of Mm -hmm. how they specialize. So they may refer someone out in that case, but I have referred people out and kept them at the same time and had someone else work with them. But it's not usually on a me three weeks and you one week. It's not usually like that. It's usually like you go work with them for a while. I'll hold your spot. We'll check in. But then you come back to me because, yeah, usually you just work with the one primary therapist. However, that being said, though, I do have a couple of clients who have worked with other people, again, for more specific ways. So they might see them once a month and see me primarily once a week. So you're therapeutical swingers. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just leave the keys in the bowl. Oh, I was going to say, you always got to mention the keys. But it's interesting. I think the point with that is talking to your providers and seeing their flexibility. Mm-hmm. Because there are times I have someone else who was seeing a psychologist for something else because they were referred from their primary care to a psychologist for another specific issue. So, yes, I can help them with that. But if somebody else specializes in it, really when it comes down to it, a lot of this has to do with billing because your insurance may only allow you to see one therapist. So it depends on all the different issues and the billing and stuff like that. But definitely talk to your provider about it if it's something that might work for you. We discussed last week how I never come in here with notes. And this is what I love about it, because even 106 episodes in, something can just randomly pop into my head that I can't believe. Something always pops into your head, Brian. I have never (laughs) asked you before. And it was triggered by you saying, well, if I have somebody who has to pay cash, I can go from an hour to a half hour and then bill them for the half hour. 
why do therapists, when it comes to an hour appointment, and I've seen this with every single one I've ever been with, at the 50-minute mark, I'm afraid we're out of time. Yeah. Why are we always shorting that 10 minutes? Is yeah. that just in case you feel like they're going to have a little something extra that they want to add? Is that just a standard operating procedure yeah. in the therapy world? How is that covered in school? <laughs> I am fascinated by this, and I've never really asked one of my therapists, hey, I'm paying for an hour, what gives? <laughs> That's so funny. Well, for private practice, I'm not sure, but I know for us, we actually do 45-minute sessions. Oh. Oh, so, man. Yeah, I was going to bargain. We, <laughs> exactly. So quit your whining, my heart, all right? But 45 to 50 minutes. The thing is, what it is, is it's based on an hour. But the hour is you have 10 minutes to do your note. So oh, usually what that okay. is, is it's a full hour of work that gotcha. we do. But you only get 50 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, since you're doing the 45, my therapist never felt like they needed to take copious notes with me. All right. Hang on a second. He's nuts. <laughs> but everywhere is a little bit different. So 45, 50 minute sessions is where we're at. Somebody else might say it's an hour session, but again, it's really 50. But I would think that they would go over that with you and say they're 50 minute sessions so that you know you're not getting shorted. They're just <laughs> having to do their notes. They may have. I was probably just thinking about lunch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm so happy to finally have an answer to that because yeah. I never knew. Courtney, with that, I'm afraid our time is up. <laughs> But I have another issue to discuss. <laughs> Go see another podcast host. I can't help you. <laughs> wrap it up. Before we do wrap it up, is there yeah. anything else that you want to add or reinforce? I don't know. I got all these notes over here, Brian. As per usual, I'm trying to sneak my little eyes to see. But Mulher, you keep know. throwing me off the path with <laughs> you your dumb questions. You just throw me everywhere, left, right, and everywhere. No, I think that was it. I just wanted to reiterate that sometimes we do take pauses, we take breaks. It can be hard for both sides. But actually, one article I was reading, they said, prepare for the fact that there may be a time when your therapist is not available or that they have to leave or that you have to leave them. So make sure that when you're in the counseling process and we talk about adding supports, doing your coping skills, maybe having a safety plan, these are all important things to have just in case life gets in the way. I don't want people to have to say, oh my gosh, what if I lose my therapist? But it's a good idea to make sure that you're actually practicing the things and talking about having more supports and making sure that you have what you need if, say, your therapist goes away for a month or two or something like that. We always give people like a backup to be able to call and and consult with if they have an issue, but it's good to have those supports in place. It must be tough telling somebody who has anxiety in mm -hmm. general, hey, prepare for me, maybe not being here someday. <laughs> oh my God! And I have one client in particular who I've been talking about this for years now. Like, okay, I'm not going to be here for, oh no, like we just can't go there. So we need to make sure, oh no, it can be very difficult. It's important to have these conversations. What do you have in place? Because our point is we want to help them to get better, but not get to dependent on us. But what happens is sometimes that can happen. Despite our best efforts, people can get dependent on us. And so we're trying to help them to get empowered so that they know with or without us, they can do just fine. Here's the good news for our beloved podcast listeners. You're not leaving. Right. They can get in touch with you. Do they have a limit on the email? <laughs> yeah. I'm afraid you've used too many 
words. <laughs> That's only if you send it to Brian. <laughs> He'll be like, mm, you have reached your limit. <laughs> so how can they get in touch with you, Courtney? Wellness at WCTK.com. And also remember, we have great resources. And if you're looking for a therapist, we have those links up. It's on our Wellness 411 page at CatCountry.com. Then, of course, the social media platforms. We are at Cat Country Mornings. Plus, we have individual pages. Courtney with the C, Kelly E-Y, sometimes Bedard. Brian with an I, Mulhern, H-E-R-N. Spread the word about this podcast. We don't plan on going anywhere anytime soon, at least that I know of. <laughs> Maybe she'll cover the last 10 minutes after the show right. telling me otherwise. <laughs> you never know with this one. <laughs> but yeah, spread the word for sure. We are on track, Courtney, for another record-breaking mm. month. It just keeps getting better and better. And wow. we want to thank everybody yes, thank for you. that. And thank you for spreading the word. Of course, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can use your smart devices. You can find us on the Google and whatnot. All right, episode 107. Mm. It's a guarantee. Woo. We are guaranteed to be here for that. In the meantime, <laughs> Courtney, thank you for everything that you do. Oh, thank you, Brian. That's so sweet of you. <laughs> but our time is still up. Yeah. <laughs> but you still have to go. Yeah. But thanks for coping on the couch with Courtney and Brian. <laughs> thank you. Yeah.